Welcome to Mental Wealth Entrepreneurs Podcast, a podcast for resilient entrepreneurs. I'm Katrina Thomas, and today I chat with Nicole Nia, who is an online business manager and business mentor of Virtual Support Pros. Nicole helps done-for-you um, service providers such as virtual assistants, online business managers, and social media managers to build resilient businesses so they can start, grow, and scale the businesses the easy way. She also um, hosts a, a podcast called Spooniepreneur Podcast, a show that highlights what it's like to be an entrepreneur live with, with, living with chronic illness. So let's welcome Nicole um, and listen to her story now. Hi, thank you so much for having me. That, that's great. Thank you for coming to the podcast. I guess the first question I want to ask is how did you become an entrepreneur in the first place? I never thought that I would be an entrepreneur. That was never, ever anything I dreamed of. Uh, I started out as a social worker. I always knew that I wanted to help people. And if you know anything about social work, you know, social workers don't make a lot of money. So I found myself one night doing a Google search for work from home, part-time jobs and virtual assistant popped up. And I thought, well, I like to write. I could probably write blog posts for business owners. And so I taught myself social media marketing. I learned how to write a good blog post and it was my part-time job for several years. Uh, I got to a point in my life where I finished my master's degree. I was working on the quote unquote dream job. I was executive director of the nonprofit I was working for. And my body just did not agree that this was a dream. <laughs> what do you um, mean by that? <laughs> I, I have fibromyalgia. And so it was at that point that I hit my first major flare of, of fibro. So I was not able to get out of bed. I was having panic attacks almost daily. I was just so sick. And I ended up having to leave that job. And I had this little side hustle working as mm -hmm. a virtual assistant. And I thought, well, I could do that full time from bed. So let's just try that. And that's really where my business was born. Yeah, but that that was your sort of uh, you started as a did you say was it the copywriting business? Or... I, yeah, I started doing marketing services. So like writing yeah. blog posts and social media posts and things like that for small businesses. Yeah. So how, how successful was that business? Uh, it's still there. I mean, still there. Yeah, um, but then it's kind of evolved, right? Because you started working on something else. Uh, what? Yeah. Yeah. What so, made you kind of shift and pivot? Yeah. Well, I think businesses all shifts and pivots, but um, it's been about four years, and we've evolved from it just being me doing marketing services to having a team of six people. We serve over a dozen clients doing their marketing. Um, and the more that I was open about my mental health journey and about my chronic health conditions, the more I started having people ask me, well, how do you do that? And I was meeting entrepreneurs who were living with chronic illness, who were completely doing amazing things and people who were like, I don't think that's possible. And so I decided to create a podcast to bring the two worlds together. Um, and so that's the Spooniepreneur podcast. We are in our third season. Um, and I also have had some people say, can you help me do that too? So I offer business, business mentorship for, 
for people who are looking to scale their businesses in a resilient way that doesn't kind of depend on all of the hustle. Yeah. When when you say uh, in the mental conditions, what, what do you mean by that? What, what so mean? I've had depression and anxiety since I was a teenager. Um, and then the anxiety became really bad. Right, right about the time I hit 30, I started having panic attacks all the time. Um, and about a year into my entrepreneurial journey, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Um, I never, ever expected that to be my reality, but I had yeah. one really huge manic spell. Um, and that that pretty much confirmed it, that it was bipolar. Yeah, because I interviewed um, last week uh, Michael Freeman on this podcast, and he's published, he's a psychiatrist and psychologist, he's published several papers about um, mental health and entrepreneurship, and he found some relationship between entrepreneurship and mental health conditions. And uh, yeah, he looked at what, 242 entrepreneurs, and 72% of them had mental health problems. And about the bipolar, 11% were more likely to have bipolar mm-hmm. and like 30% were more likely to have depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it wasn't, um, I, I asked him about the causal relationship. Uh, are we likely to develop mental health uh, problems as a result of our entrepreneurial activities or it's vice versa? But the answer is pretty much still very unknown because mm-hmm. there are entrepreneurs who never experienced any uh, any problems in the past. And as soon as they started running their own businesses, they started developing all sorts of conditions. <laughs> and also there are some examples of entrepreneurs with previous conditions and then they become entrepreneurs. But entrepreneurship is not easy. I mean, how do you, how do you man- manage um, with bipolar? Because it's, the symptoms could be that you, you know, you have swings, uh, you know, you of, of emotions. How, how, how does it work? How, how do you run your business? Well, do you I, I say that therapy is the best business decision I ever made. Um, yeah. Because for me, it's been finding a really good treatment plan, um, having the right team around me to help support me in that. It's one of the reasons I love working as part of an agency, because when I'm in periods where um, I'm really depressed, don't want to get out of bed, there are team members to help me out. Um, I tend to fall more on the depression side of the world. Um, I have hypomania, so I don't you know, get super, super high, mm-hmm. um, but I can definitely feel myself swinging. And I think most people with bipolar will tell you that um, that swing is kind of it's nice when you're an entrepreneur because you have lots of these ideas and you can go out and execute those ideas. Um, for me, it's a little different because I have fibromyalgia as well. Yeah. So even though I have all those ideas, my body doesn't quite let me execute them um, in the way that sometimes I want to. My mind is telling me that I want to. Yeah. So, but how, how do you deal with failure? Because you, you, you have to kind of be prepared to fail as an entrepreneur, but how do you deal with failure? Because there could be some very strong negative emotions attached to failure. I think one of the biggest lessons I've I've learned is to honor every emotion and to just let it have its place in my life. Um, I've learned that, yes, you're going to fail. Entrepreneurship is really about failing better. (laughs) Um, But I've learned that even if it's hard in the moment, there's a lesson And I've learned to become patient about 
waiting for the lesson. Um, I've learned that when I honor, you know, the disappointment or the pain, um, it, it leaves faster because I'm giving it a place. I'm acknowledging it. I'm saying, I see that you're here. It's okay for you to be here for a minute. And then it just, it fades. Yeah. I've listened to your podcast when when you talked about this and you said that every time you start a new business, it's a little bit better than the previous Right. And and I did, I did have some failed businesses myself in the past. Yeah. Every time you start again, uh, it's kind of a little bit better and you you tend to learn a little bit, you know, from, from the experience. But what's your typical sort of uh, week, um, as an entrepreneur, how do you, uh, what do you do at the weekends? Do you have work-life balance or do you just work throughout, you know, uh, you, do, you don't know what that means or you, you, you don't believe in work-life balance. How do you manage your week? I believe in having really firm boundaries. So at, at 5 p.m., generally the computer goes off and I step into being with my family, with my friends. Um I don't work on the weekends unless things are really crazy. Um, and, and part of that is, you know, I've, I've physical health conditions. So if I work too much and push myself too hard, I put myself into a flare up of symptoms where then I'm not able to work for weeks. So um, I, and I think that everybody gets to decide what their boundaries are, but you have to have them. (laughs) And so some people are, you know, I have one team member who's a night owl. She will work from like 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. And for her, that is what works really well for her. Um, And she has the boundaries of this is how I'm going to make this work. That's you you just have to have boundaries. You get to decide what they look like. Yeah. But I guess also because you have, did you say, a team of six people working for you? It's almost like, you know, when you have a bad week uh, mentally and you just want to kind of, uh, be with yourself, then you can almost like delegate all, all the work to, to the people working for you. So that that helps, I guess. It, it helps. And I think one of the smartest things that I've done is to put systems in place in my business. So we're doing things the same way every time. And so even when I'm kind of mentally checked out, I still know this is step one, this is step two. And if I just kind of focus on step one, get it done and then move on and just kind of take it piece by piece, um, I'm able to get through even when I don't necessarily feel like showing up. Yeah. But when you have really sort of bad weeks, uh, how do you get back to routine to 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 back to your business what brings you back what's your strategy coping strategy it starts with understanding why you have your business and why you love your business i think Mm -hmm. when you're connected to that deeper sense of why you know for me it's i love showing up and telling the story of the businesses that we're serving i love helping them and seeing them succeed and it makes it worth you know, the struggle sometimes to get to my computer um, and being connected to that sense of why um, is what has gotten me through. I think if you're just showing up to make money, um, you're not going to be as successful as if you really have that deep emotional connection to what you're doing, because that will get you through even when you don't feel like showing up. Yeah. You mentioned that, you know, you, you have, um, people working for you, but for a lot of solopreneurs, I mean, burnout is a major issue. You tend to do everything yourself. Yep. At what point you have to kind of step back and and say to yourself, 
you know, I have to employ other people to, you know, because it's it's very, uh, solopreneurs very, very short on cash, right? <laughs> so at what point in, in, in your entrepreneurial journey, you, you realized that it's enough and I, I need to start employing people working for me? That's a lot of trial and error. I think when I look at the, the massive yeah. failures in my business, it's because I tried to do it all and you can't, you cannot do it all. Um, and making the decision to get help for me, help look different than um, I think, you know, when I think about getting help, I also think about how can I maybe spend a little bit more money on a system that's going to allow me to do more quicker. Um, it's not just necessarily about the person that I need to come in and help me. It's also, you know, maybe I need to become part of a business mastermind or have a coach to help me see the places where um, I'm making it harder than it needs yeah. to be. So help comes in many different forms. I don't think it just has to come from, you know, getting somebody in the business to help you, you know, do the day to day. Sometimes it's the little things that we're overlooking. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, Bloom Administrative uh, Services does quite a bit. You offer project management, you yeah. offer, I don't know, podcast editing. <laughs> Where did you learn all these skills? So do you have to learn all these skills to, to be able to offer them? Or how did you become so, I mean, they, you offer quite, 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 you know, quite a bit uh, <laughs> on your website. So yeah. how did you all start? Uh, it started with creating content. So writing blog posts and, um, you know, I started having clients who said, well, you wrote this beautiful email sequence for me. Can you go put it in my email provider and, and link up all the systems? And so I learned how to do that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, um, solution. Yeah, do it, do it for you solution. Yeah. yeah. And, and then it. I had one client who said, I really want to start a podcast, but I don't know what that would look like. And I said, well, I don't know what that would look like either, but I'm willing to learn. And she's like, go for it. So I taught myself how to do podcast production. And then I realized that um, I got to work in my zone of genius and I wanted to empower other virtual assistants to work in their zone of genius or that area where they're doing what feels easiest, what they're best at. Um, and so our agency is able to offer a lot of services because we have a group of people all working in their zone of genius. Um, you know, so when a client works with us, they get a copywriter and a graphic designer, a client care person, and we all love what we're doing. So it, it shows in the support that we're able to give our clients. Yeah, but it's it's definitely it's obviously is quite a bit to take on and 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 learn about. Uh, so how do you stay on top of things as a founder? Hmm. It's, it's, it's a daily process. And some days I get it. <laughs> some days I get it more right. Let me put it that way. Um, you know, for me having systems in place, you know, project management programs and things like that in place, but also taking the time to have personal connections. You know, I think that, um, even like, especially right now with the pandemic going on and, and all of that, having a group of people where we're all doing the same work for the same people and having that community um, has helped me stay grounded and, and connected to my business that I wouldn't be in if I was, you know, just kind of up here being the CEO and not connected to the work that yeah. we're doing. And so that's really important to me. Yeah. 
But what was the biggest failure since since the you know the start, um, and how did you deal with it? Oh, um, it happened right that first manic spell. Um, you know, I did all the things that I was quote unquote supposed to do in business. You know, I hired a business coach. I took the courses. I joined the masterminds. I bought all the quote unquote right programs that you were supposed to use. Um, and I, I just felt like I was spinning my wheels. And of course, when you're manic, everything seems like a really great idea and you feel like you can do it all. So I was going hard, hard, hard. And then I just crashed. And of course, my business crashed right along with me. Um, I had to step away from working with all of my clients. I was so sick physically and mentally. Um, and what I had to do is really take a step back and say, okay, what works for me? What do I need to do? Um, and I basically stopped listening to all of the business advice out there and started following what felt right and just doing the next right thing. Um, and it was only when I simplified everything in my business that I really started to see results. Yeah. I mean, it's what you're saying is, uh, is that I, I guess the, it, it is important to look after your mental health, but especially for entrepreneurs, because again, like you said, uh, you can have a failed business as a result of your, you know, of, of, of the state. And, uh, but how do you, how do, how do you avoid burnout? Today? A lot of it is with boundaries. Um, it's with saying, I'm going to step back. Um, a lot of it is self-care. And I think sometimes we think self-care means like bubble baths and, you know, going to get your nails done or, you know, those really superficial things. And for me, I've learned that, you know, if I have a clean room, that's self-care for me. If I have time to snuggle my puppies, that's self-care for me. And it can be little things that I do throughout the day. Um, but it's learning that I'm not just my business. I'm not just the work that I do. Um, I am also all of these other things and honoring all the other parts of me um, that helps me stay connected in those moments when I'm headed towards burnout. I can kind of take a step back and go, oh, okay, what what needs to happen here for me to prevent that happening? Yeah. What do you think is the main um, uh the biggest mistake entrepreneurs uh, make when they start their businesses? I think we feel like we have to do it all. Um, and I think, you know, we get in that trap of looking at what somebody else is doing and comparing the middle of somebody else's business to the beginning of ours. Um, you know, and I know that I've actually been dealing with this lately because I'm an online business manager. So one of the things I do is I manage these, you know, high six and seven figure businesses who have all these beautiful systems and all these amazing people serving them. And here I am working on launching an online course and it doesn't look anything like my clients because I don't have those resources. And I'm sitting here going, but wait, I know how to do this. Why can't I do it all? Right. So I think stepping back and reminding myself, but you're one person and you're just starting out. I will get there, but I'm not there yet. Um, and I love that I get to learn from them, but I still have a while to go and some experience that I need to, to yeah. have until I get there. Yeah. It's like, you know, if you see, if you see someone successful, you just think, oh, you know, it's like overnight success, but that overnight success happened over the last seven years, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> 
And you just think, you know, why can't I do this? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, doing everything and trying to, you know, the courses and this and that. Uh, shiny, what was it called? Um, shiny object syndrome, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's very common, right? For entrepreneurs, you just think, oh, I have to do this, oh, I have to do that. It would be nice for me to learn this strategy. Yeah. How do you how do you how do you even um stop yourself from and how how can you manage this type of behavior? Because again, this can potentially lead to over overexhaustion and you know and, and potentially stress, and then you'll just give up on the whole um you know um on the whole business because you'll be just so overwhelmed with different strategies and this course and that course and yeah. uh, do Facebook lives and then do YouTube videos. <laughs> it's just you. <laughs> I think it's about having a sounding board, whether that's a coach, whether that's a friend, whether that's a loved one, having somebody to say, I'm thinking about all these things and having them to be able to reflect back to you. Okay. Can you do all those things? Do you have all that time in the day? Like, what is going to get you the most traction right now? Like, Sometimes we can't see it and we need other people to help us see it. Um, and so I think not existing in a vacuum, which is it's really difficult when you're a solo entrepreneur. It's just you. You feel like, well, I have to do it all. It's me against the world. Mm-hmm. And having some support around you to help you reflect what they're seeing is really helpful. Yeah. Do you have uh, Do you have a supportive family? Do you have any entrepreneurs in the family? We have no entrepreneurs in the family, um, but my family is is really amazing. They're incredibly supportive. Um, I live in a multi generational home, so it's my mom and my eighteen year old sister, um, and they have been my biggest cheerleaders. And you know, and I also have a bigger online community of people living with chronic illness, and so being able to connect on that shared level has been so amazing yeah well what's your view on on um having a mentor oh i think that it's crucial i look back um at my life before i started working with coaches and and mentors um in my life now and i'm like i don't know how i did it (laughs) because having somebody who is kind of a few steps ahead of you in business who can see what you're going through and help you get to the next place um, when you have that support you go faster, but you, it doesn't feel as difficult because you have somebody showing you the way. Yeah. But how do you, uh, how do you find one that's right for you? For me, I started getting results when I worked with a business mentor who also had chronic illness, because, you know, there's something about working with somebody, whether you have a, a physical illness or a mental illness, having somebody who kind of has that shared experience, Um, in my experience, when I worked with business coaches who didn't understand what it was like to live with anxiety or with chronic pain, you know, I would say something like, well, I was in bed, you know, two days last week and, you know, I didn't get much done and they would get stuck on the fact that I was in bed and like, well, why were you in bed? Like, what could you have done different? It's like, I couldn't do anything different. This is just my body. Um, having somebody who had that shared experience and who kind of knew when to push and knew when to just let me write out whatever was happening okay, um, yeah. was so important. 
Yeah, yeah. No, no, definitely someone who can understand, I mean, you, your condition and how you feel, it, it, it is important, you're right. But, uh, you know, on your website, you talk about resilient business. What is, what is resilient? What is the definition of a resilient business? How can we uh, grow one uh, so, to become a resilient? When I was starting out four years ago, all of the business advice that I was seeing was like, you can get results really fast. You just have to do all this work at the beginning of your business and then sit back and reap the results later. And I feel like we're better now, but there's still a lot of, well, you can build your business in 90 days, just follow this strategy. And we all have things on our plate, you know, whether there's a pandemic or you have chronic illness or you've got little kids at home, like, we can't all do 90 days of just pushing and hard and hustle. I mean, that's what leads to burnout. And so I'm really passionate about helping people to create businesses that last, that are able to withstand all of the things that life throws our way. Um, and that's a mix of making sure you have the right support, having the right systems in place, um, being connected to your deeper purpose in your business. I think when we put all those ingredients together, we're able to build resilient businesses um, that aren't just going to fall apart the second that we need to take a breather. Yeah. So how so how the whole COVID pandemic has been for your business? Have you had to pivot? Uh, we've been busier than we've ever been just because... Okay. So many people are looking to bring their offerings online and they need people who know what they're doing to make that a reality for them. So um, we've actually grown. We've doubled our business during the wow. pandemic, which yeah. we're so lucky that that's the case, because I know it's it's not the case for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. Everything. I, I guess some some people say, oh, I've, we're going to be back to normal and maybe the this is our new normal <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and you have to be online um, definitely but um, what would be your advice to um, people who lost their jobs perhaps due to pandemic and p- perhaps thinking about the whole entrepreneurial you know ha- you know having a hustle or starting a business what would be your advice I think sitting down and thinking about obviously your skill set, but what feels the easiest to you? What lights you up? You know, what if somebody were to pay you for this thing that you love to do, you would say, really? Like I would do this for free. That's the thing that you really should be going after. And I think um, this new world of us all being online means that there are ways that you can monetize that. Um, And there's, all kinds of resources and things to make that happen for you. Um, I think a lot of the time we get stuck in, well, I have to go to college for that. I have to have a degree. I have to have a certification. And most of the entrepreneurs that I know (laughs) were self-taught. And so we have a lot of time right now. This is a great time to learn about your craft to spend some time um, figuring out what that would look like to even make money from it. Um, but we have we have the gift of time and the people I see who are using that and, and getting creative with it are the people I think that even when things quote unquote go back to normal, they'll still be doing that thing that they love virtually. Yeah. But if, uh, say, um, if they had to learn uh, one 
skill to start up a business, what would that skill be? I mean, what is the main thing they have to learn first? In the virtual support world, um, most people know how to use social media. You know, we've been on Facebook, we know Instagram, we consume it a lot. We know what we like and what we don't like. Um, And learning that skill set is pretty easy because we have all of the ingredients we really need. Um, So when people are starting out, especially wanting to become virtual assistants, that's the direction I steer them in is, is learning how to craft a story. So there's, you know, I love Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why. That's such a good place to start. Um, I also love Donald Miller has building a story brand and his framework is really great in helping you um, connect to the heart of what marketing is. And so, you know, there are books that you can, you know, go to the library or get on Amazon for really inexpensively and teach yourself the foundations of marketing. And you put that on top of the way that you know how to create um, social media content just from doing it in your life. Um, and you have the start of a business. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I think we started losing picture a little bit. <laughs> I don't know what, what, what were the weather. Um, we have a very strong rain here today, mm. but, uh, yeah. Well, and, uh, I, I guess another question I want to ask is, uh, you know, especially for, female entrepreneurs, because this is our audience. Uh, what can you tell um, the girls who want to start the business? What, what would be your lesson to teach to them? I came from social work and and in, in that field, even though there were primarily women in, you know, in the roles, the administrators were all men. And it was it was very difficult for me to be um, listened to or respected. And entrepreneurship um, let me see that that is not the case everywhere. Um, I truly believe that the more that women are showing up in the world, living it on their own terms, making money for doing what they love, um, we're going to start seeing fundamental shifts. And I think we already are starting to see fundamental shifts in how women show up in the world. Um, I'm really, really passionate about women being paid well for doing what they love because when women have more money, they're going to sit at more powerful seats in more meetings. And then we're really going to see huge change in the world. Yeah. But very often uh, women, um, they, they don't put themselves out there because they just, fearful. Um, How can they get rid of fear? I think you never get rid of fear. Um, I love Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic. And in Big Magic, she talks about how fear is always going to be in the car with you, but you don't have to let fear drive. It doesn't get to tell you the directions. It doesn't get to drive. It's just going to sit in the back seat and just kind of be there on the ride with you. And for me, that's very much true. Um, every next step I take in my business, I'm afraid. Um, but it's honoring that fear and recognizing that there's something bigger than that fear. Um, I never realized when I started as an entrepreneur that I was signing up for a lifelong self-development journey. <laughs> and I think most entrepreneurs would would agree that there's so much mindset work that goes into building a successful business. But I think it's also the reason why you see so many powerful women entrepreneurs, because we're able to 
um, be seen and let that part of us shine without somebody trying to put that light out. Yeah. When you, when you say uh, mindset, how, what type of mindset uh, do people need to develop to be successful? I think for me, it starts with knowing what you're worth and that's both like the rates that you want to charge or how you want to charge for your business. But it's also knowing that um, what you're saying has worth being able to show up and not be afraid of um, people looking down on you or having, you know, opinions about what you have to say, but just being able to show up and own what you're worth. For me, you know, having mental illnesses this looks different than somebody who is not walking into entrepreneurship with, with that particular journey. You know, for me, there's a lot of anxiety and all of these physiological responses that come with showing up and owning my worth, um, which is why I think that being in therapy and working through those things, um, it's going to help you in your personal life. Yes. But if you're an entrepreneur, it's also going to help you um, be able to show up more powerfully in your business too. Yeah, but I guess you know we've uh, you've mentioned the topic of you know fear that v- fear will always be present there. But a lot of um, entrepreneurs also have this in um, imposter syndrome. Mm. How do you get rid of that? I mean, sometimes you even you know you may have relevant skills, you may have uh, expertise, but then still at the back of your mind you'll have this voice talking to you saying you know you're not you know <laughs> how do you get rid of this voice in your head? telling you that you're not good enough um, you're not an expert <laughs> I think um, I think that voice that inner critic that we have um, is always going to be there and they're always going to have really strong opinions you're always going to have that voice in your head saying like why should they listen to you you have like no expertise, like you are totally just making this up as you go along <laughs> it's always going to be there. I think it's learning that that is not you. That is not who you are authentically. You are authentically um, this really strong person who's showing up in big ways in the world. And when you can separate yourself from that voice, it's going to be there, but you're not going to let that be what helps you decide and make the decisions in your life. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, 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 some great advice from you um, to our listeners. I'm, I'm sure they will find a lot of um, wisdom in what you're saying and uh, will take it on board. But um, what, uh, w- what is the future? What is the vision for Bloom Administrative Services? What's next, Nicole? <laughs> um, well, right now I am really working on some offerings to help people who are just starting out in Um, building their virtual support businesses. You know, it's something that I'm seeing a lot of people are are thinking, well, how can I just continue working from home? And so um, we've been really lucky that our business has grown 100% on word of mouth referrals. And so I've put together a masterclass teaching people how to build their marketing so that they get word of mouth referrals. So growth feels really easy um, in their business. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm going to put put a link to your website in the podcast notes. So for the listeners, I mean, if you want to grow your business, and I guess the only way you can grow is by by getting a, a team on board, right? Getting yeah. someone to actually, yeah, um, a professional specialist people to 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 help you with management of your 
you know, business. So definitely, uh, I mean, listeners will have a chance to check out your website. Um, but no, thank you so much uh, for, for coming on the show and sharing your journey. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I, I wish uh, your company to prosper and I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll keep in touch. Yes, we will. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mental Wealth Entrepreneurs Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this show. Please send me any comments or feedback. If you're an entrepreneur and want to share your story, please contact me. The link is in the podcast show notes. Also, please see the social media links and uh, links to offers from my guests on the podcast notes. This podcast is sponsored by Smart Octopus Voice Agency, who create chatbots and voice skills on Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant. So I'm really excited uh, to tell you that this podcast is now available as an Alexa skill. Uh, so you can search for resilient entrepreneur uh, skill and enable it as a flash briefing. So that's all for me. Um, I wish I wish you good mental health and you are just one mind hack away. Till next time.